on today's episode of Locked On Canucks, the Hall of Fame discussion. Former Canuck was snubbed. Who's going to be the next Canuck in the Hall of Fame? Should the number one be in the Raptors already? And might it actually be worth to re-sign JT Miller? It is Locked On Canucks on a Tuesday, June the 28th, and it starts now. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Locked On Canucks. I'm, of course, your host, in Pooney. You can find me at underscore process sports on Twitter. You can also please follow our show on Twitter at Locked On Canucks. Also, please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. I also want to thank you for making Locked on Canucks your first listen of the day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast services. Interesting day today. Kind of the the, still on the high of the uh, amazing day uh, yesterday where it was announced that uh, Hendrick Sedin, Dan and Roberto Luongo will all be members of the Hall of Fame. They spoke to uh, the media today um, via Zoom. It was, um, as expected, very classy, very congratulatory, very um, professional, <laughs> as uh, we all know Henrik and Daniel Sedin are. Um, and it continues to just be great to have the outpouring of uh, people's praise and um, the showering of just the accolades that those three uh, gentlemen do deserve. So, as I mentioned today, we are much going to touch on those three. I, I do want to bring up the topic of uh, Roberto Luongo's number one because it's been kind of a polarizing topic uh, to some on Twitter. It might not be the best barometer. Um, but I just want to make, I kind of mentioned yesterday in a very uh, abrasive, emotional response. But today I want to give a bit more of a subdued and uh, factual statement as to why it should be retired. Um, we're going to break down why it might not be a bad idea for the Canucks to re-sign JT Miller. We'll go through the pros. Uh, of Because we all know that he's probably going to be traded, but what's the flip side of the argument and why should the Canucks keep him? Um, and f- also, we're going to talk about um, one former Canuck that was snubbed and in tune, who's the next Canuck going to be in the Hall of Fame? And that's actually where we're going to start this show. Um, of course, as I just mentioned, we all know uh, yesterday was a great day, a monumentous day. But now the question is, which Canuck is next to be inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame? Um, the real question is, what classifies as a Canuck? Now, we can all admit that those three individuals that were inducted yesterday, although Roberto Luongo played in Florida, had two different stints, um, has his number already retired there. Um, I think we can all can admit he had his greatest success and his greatest peaks of his career in Vancouver during that tenure while he was here from 2006-2007 to 2014. Um, a decent amount of time of his career was in Vancouver. So uh, Roberto Luongo is a Canuck, and of course, Henrik and Daniels are the Canucks. So the question now begs to be asked, who is the next Canuck? Well, I'm sure... 
we can we'll get into that in a minute. But there was a who played 312 games for Vancouver over parts of five seasons. That was Alexander McGilney. Uh, he played uh, for the Canucks from 1995, 96 to excuse me, 99, 2000, where he was traded to the Devils, where he went on to win a Stanley Cup. Now, Mogilny, uh, you know, of course, defected from Russia and came over to Buffalo, where he played his first six years in Buffalo and uh, had a very strong season. 92-93, uh, in 77 games, he scored 76 goals, 51 assists for 127 points. Um, a pure sniper, a pure goal scorer who developed over time into a very strong two-way center. Of course, he finished his career 990 games played for 10, um, 1,032 points. So he was over a point-per-game player in the NHL. Um, during his tenure in Vancouver, his first season, 95-96, um, of course, it was the beginning of the dark ages of the Canucks during that time, but McGillney put up 55 goals, 52 assists, um, and 107 points for a Canucks team that um, was eliminated in the first round of the playoffs that year. He then scored third his next year in Vancouver. Uh, had an injury riddled season after that, scored 18, and then played, played only 51 games, and played 59 um, uh, in the 99-2000, where he scored 14 goals, and then was uh, primarily dealt the year after, after scoring 21 goals in Vancouver. So, McGillney will eventually get in, uh, but do we classify Alexander McGillney as a Vancouver Canuck? Um, I'm sure when you ask many out there, he is more so a Buffalo Sabre. Uh, he won his cup in New Jersey. So is Al McGillney a real Canuck? I don't think so. And when we're having this discussion, this debate about who is the next Canuck, I think um, somebody that played for the Canucks, sure, but this is somebody who... When you think about their career in a retrospective, you remember them as a Vancouver Canuck. I don't think when people think of Alex McGilney, they think of a Vancouver Canuck. They probably think of him as a Buffalo Sabre or a member of the New Jersey Devils and their Stanley Cup winning team. Um, the Canucks were kind of sandwiched in between that, so it probably gets lost because those teams weren't very good that he played for um, back in the late 90s. Um, so that's... You know, the guy who could be the next Canuck, but we don't really classify him as a Vancouver Canuck. You know, people could bring up Elias Patterson or Quinn Hughes. Um, one would hope they would eventually develop into that. Of course, remember Henrik and Daniel Seed? You know, it took them, you know, five, six years, a little bit more to oh, what it came with. Yeah, almost seven years to develop into all star players. And uh, Elias Pettersson, Thatcher, Demko are all still young. Um, but I don't know if we look at them right now as Hall of Famers. Um, things could change, but I, I don't know. Uh, I think the more likely answer is the fact that Canucks haven't drafted um, their next Hall of Famer. Um, there has... When you look at this franchise history, um, the Canucks have never had a guy who um, was drafted and was... A surefire guy who is hey this guy is going to be an all-star every year this guy is going to be um a hall of famer they never had that generational talent of course they had pavel burry um who was a generational talent but um he wasn't pegged in he was more of an unknown when he first came in uh with russia from russia and all that and people wanted they've heard all about him but they never saw him 
Um, and now the Canucks have never really had that generational guy who's like, hey, Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews. Like, hey, that guy right there is a franchise game changer. That guy right there um, has Hall of Fame talent. The Canucks don't have, never have had a player like that uh, that they've been around to shoot. The Sedins were taken at, you know, second and third overall. But when you look back at that 99 draft, that draft, that first round was probably the worst first round draft of all time. There was guys in that first round that never, ever played a game in the NHL, which is, um, so going back to this whole, who's the next Canuck to be in the hall of fame? Well, we don't know. <laughs> um, I, like I said, Alexander McGillney will eventually get in, but, um, when it, I don't think he's classified as a Vancouver Canuck. It's kind of like the old baseball ads, you know, they wear the cap of the team that they're most well known as, and they get inducted as a, you know, a member of the Hall of Fame with that cap on. Uh, and I don't think Alex McGillney would be inducted with a cap uh, of the Vancouver Canucks, unlike Roberto Luongo um, and um, Henrik and Daniel Sedin. So that, that's that. Uh, about the Hall of Fame discussion. Uh, coming up after this first break, um, we're going to talk to you guys about JT Miller um, and his contract situation and how everybody assumes that he's going to be traded. But I'm going to give you the other side of the uh, equation and what happens if they re-sign him and what are the pros of that. So stick around for that. But first, I want to talk to you guys about the wonderful people at Built. For the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the lasting gift your for your taste buds you probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunks built but but guess what your friends at built have given coconut brownie chunks the puff treatment that's right the coconut brownie chunk built bar flavor you love in a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate excuse me uh, is now in a puff form stop drooling and listen they're good for you low calorie low sugar high protein and delicious Coconut brownie chunk puffs are only here for a limited time. Go to built.com to make sure you don't miss out. They're going fast because they taste amazing. All built bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good for you. The best part about built puffs is, of course, they taste amazing, but you can enjoy them guilt free because they're actually good for you. They're the perfect treat, perfect when you are craving. You need to satisfy your sweet tooth, or if you need a quick, healthy snack, they are an excellent source of protein, delicious coconut, rich, sweet brownie, creamy marshmallow. Stop fantasizing. Get to built.com to order your box of coconut brownie chunk built puffs right now. And there's a special offer. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Once again, you lock 15 for 15% off. And Welcome back to Locked On Canucks, the show that keeps you locked in on all things Vancouver Canucks. Attention, guys, we're going to dive into the JT Miller saga because, yes, although yesterday kind of rampant trade rumors of those that have picked up, go back, back to that because as the draft nears, rumors will just increase, increase, and increase. Even more, the temperature is getting hot. Rutherford and Patrick Alvin do uh, with their top score. Will they trade him? Um, will they acquire a top four defenseman for him? What will they get a draft pick? What will the Canucks do? Now, 
Um, I would have been open from the beginning of this that I want JT Miller to stay, but at the right price. If he's asking for too much, then you have to move on um, and get whatever assets you can. Now, if I'm the Canucks, he's on an affordable deal. I want a top four defenseman who can slot into my lineup right away. I want pieces that can help my team right now because I'm not trying to stockpile draft picks. I want to proceed forward and try to make the playoffs. But that's not the case for this argument. The argument of this uh, segment is, should the Canucks sign JT Miller, who, uh, as I mentioned, um, was the Canucks' biggest, um, you know, is their biggest question mark, you know? He's 29 years old, 99 points last year. Now, do we think he is a 99-point player consistently? No. He's a great offensive player. He can score in a bunch of different ways. Uh, he's got a nice shot. He can crash the net. He's smart. He's skilled. He's tough. He's a leader. Um, he had 67 assists, um, sixth in the NHL. Um, and he didn't play, play. He kind of bounced around on lines. Um, and it's going to be hard if the Canucks move away from him because his production, because 99 points is nothing to sneeze at in the NHL. Um, but the other thing is you're also going to miss is him in the locker room. Now, Remember those reports earlier this year where, oh, maybe him and uh, Bo Horvat don't get along. There's that whole leadership pull and struggle. Well, we know Bo Horvat is a great leader, uh, but I think we all know he's more of the guy who's more quiet, leads by example, where uh, JT Miller has that kind of sandpaper edge to him where, you know, he'll isn't afraid to lash out at people and, you know, speak his mind. Of course, we remember those epic F-bombs that he was dropping uh, during the season. Um Miller kind of plays that Ryan Kessler heart and soul role um, back in their, you know, the Sedin years where, you know, Hendrick and Daniel led by example um, that they're worked with talking where Kessler was um, that raw energy, emotion, um, the spark plug that the team needed. So there are a bunch of different reasons why the Canucks should keep JT Miller. The first being he scored 99 points and was their leading scorer. The second is he's going to help this team more than anybody else that comes in the lineup because the chances of when you the chances are when you trade JT Miller, you're not going to get the best player back. The player, the team acquiring JT Miller will be getting the best player in the trade, which will help them in the immediate future, unless barring injury. But in a vacuum, whoever trades for JT Miller, if the Canucks do trade him. Uh, we'll be getting the best player and we'll be better off than the Vancouver Canucks because the Canucks, uh, let's face it, they're losing their top score. It's going to hurt a bit. Now, to keep him, you keep that production. Now, even if he doesn't reach 99 points, you know he's going to still you know, put up his 60-plus points, uh, kill penalties, play power play. He will be uh, Mr. Do-It-All for you, right? And then that allows you, which is I think is an integral, it allows you to basically have three deep centers. You have Miller, Pedersen, Horvat, who all can play the wing. And we all know the Canucks don't really have a third-line center right now. So even if Miller and Pedersen play on the first line together, it gives them versatility. Um, they have two guys that can win draws. Um, all of that stuff is just more options. Um, I think that JT Miller uh, is a winger, but he definitely is a very good centerman and can win faceoffs. And I like I love the game he plays. Um so I believe that that would be the, the options it gives you. Um, and I think optically as well, if you were to keep JT Miller, um, it shows that you 
reward guys who, you know, put their body on and their self on the line for the Canucks. That, um, and it also be another telling point that, you know, most likely if JT Miller resigns, it would be at a decent cap number where, you know, he left money on the table. So that would again be a coup for Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin, who would have once again, would, we just mentioned Andre Kuzmenko, uh, but it would be another player who, you know, took less money and bought what they were selling and decided to stick around because he felt that this was the best opportunity for him to win and be successful um, and live. Now, I could just be talking out of my you-know-what right now and that this just makes no sense to any of you and you want him traded. I think most of you know Canuck Nation has determined the fact that JT Miller has to go. Uh, it makes the most sense because he's you know 30 years old. Um, he's coming off a career year, and he's probably not going to reach that same plateau again. And he's probably going to be asking for a boatload of money and term, uh, something that the Canucks don't want to do uh, right now. But I, I am I'm still optimistic that you know something can get done, uh, but not looking like you but i just want to lay it out on the table that these are the reasons why you know um people want him traded but these are also the reasons why they should keep him leading score leader uh gives the canucks options down the middle um and it would be another reason as to why um patrick alvin and jim rutherford can sell players on staying in vancouver so that's that coming up after this last break we're going to touch on uh the other third, the uh, back to the Hall of Fame discussion, where we're going to talk about Roberto Luongo. And the fact of the matter is that his number one should be retired by the Vancouver Canucks. So stick around for that. And welcome back, everybody, to Locked On Canucks, the show that keeps you locked in on all things Vancouver Canucks. Talked about. You know, wrapped up the Hall of, you know, Henrik Daniel Sedin, Roberto Luongo Hall of Famers. Who is the next Canuck Hall of Famer? We don't know. It's probably not Alexander McGillney, who what did play for the Canucks, but is not known as a Canuck. Talked about the pros of JT Miller's, you know, potentially re-signing in Vancouver. And here we're going to talk about Roberto Luongo and how that his number one deserves to be in the rafters, hanging next to... um Trevor Linden, Stan Smeal, Pavel Bury, Marcus Naslin, and Henrik and Daniel Sedin. Um, it was announced, of course, he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, he was, you know, an integral part of those great years uh, here in Vancouver. And quite frankly, simply put, he's the greatest goalie in Canucks history. He's one of the greatest players in Canucks history. I said he's a top three player in Vancouver Canucks history. Henrik and Daniel Sedin and him. And then you can put Burray, Naslin, Linden, whoever, and so forth. Um, he's a franchise leader and wins with 252 shutouts with 38. Holds the, the Canucks record, excuse me, with 47 wins. That was, of course, in the 06-07 season uh, where he should have won the Hart Trophy. Not the Hart Trophy. Yeah, the, should have won the Hart Trophy. Should have won the Vesna Trophy. Um, he had the lowest goals against average in a season. Uh, which was in 2010-2011. He's fourth in all-time wins, uh, only behind Marty Brodeur, Patrick Waugh, Marc-Andre Fleur, and Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, both Brodeur and Waugh are Hall of Famers. He is as well. Um, again, top four winning goalies of all time, all from the province of Quebec. Um, stellar, absolutely stellar. Um, look, we all know, you know, he didn't have some of the best playoff performances, but we all know he was 
the reason that they were one of the main reasons they were there in 2011 um, and in the playoffs all those consecutive seasons um, people I saw on Twitter that people are making the argument that Kirk McLean is a better goalie uh, of all time in Canucks history he played more games but uh, uh, he's not I don't think I, I think those are just people that have revisionist history that just love to hold on to the 94 team, which um, I don't mean to bash and bang on, but let's face it. I think they kind of um, get over glorified too much uh, in this city that, um, that they're just held to a higher standard. There's they lost as well. 2011 team lost the 82 team lost the 94 team lost. They all lost. No matter how you want to slice it, this or that two, nothing seriously doesn't matter. All three of those teams lost uh, in Game Seven. As uh, two of them lost in Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Finals, um, one was closer than the other. But then you're just splitting hairs at that point. <coughs> like I said yesterday, that 2011 team would wax the '94 team. But going back to Luongo, you know, yes, his the time uh, his time in Vancouver ended kind of weirdly. You know, he requested the trade. Uh, then the whole kid, my contract sucks. The Corey Schneider thing. Schneider, Luongo comes back, then Eddie Lack starts playing, starts the Heritage Classic, and then Luongo back to Florida. Cap reacher penalty, uh, you know, came into effect in 2019 after he retired. Uh, it's over now, which is kind of ironic. The, when the cap recapture penalty ends, uh, Roberto Luongo, um, you know, did, you know, it ends. But, you know, he played more seasons in Florida. Uh, but he's still the greatest Canucks goalie of all time. Um, and he, quite frankly, he is the, you know, he how was his first number. He was the first Panther to get his number retired, but that neglect the fact that he needs to have his number retired in Vancouver. There's only nine players in history of the in the history of the NHL that have their number retired by, you know, two teams, Wayne Gretzky, Gordie Howe, uh, Patrick Waugh, Ray Bork, and Scott Niemeyer. So, of course, Wayne Gretzky, great one. His numbers retired pretty much every, unofficially you know, everywhere. But Edmonton, L.A., Gordie Howe, of course, um, Detroit, I think it's Hartford as well, uh, Ray Bork, uh, Boston, and Colorado, uh, Patrick Waugh, Colorado, Montreal, Scott Niedermeyer, Anaheim, and Jersey. So, um is Roberto Luongo on the same level as Wayne Gretzky, Gordie Howe, Patrick Wall, Ray Bork, Scott Niedermeyer? No. They all won some serious hardware. Luongo never did. But when you look at it, especially Ray Bork and the argument of Ray Bork, Ray Bork played two years in Colorado. Of course, he won a cup in Colorado, but he was more known for his time in Boston. Roberto Luongo um, had his best years in Vancouver, um, went to the highest of high, won a gold medal here. Uh, went to the Stanley Cup Finals, playoffs. We gave him something he never had in Florida uh, and that he never ever got back in Florida. Yeah, so he is a Canuck. Francesco Acolini, do what the right thing is. Fly down to Florida. Do whatever you got to do. Call Roberto. Tell him, hey, it's your time. Come on home. Come back up here. Come home. Let's have a celebration for you. That number one's going to the Raptors where it belongs. Uh, and the chance of Lou will rain down Rogers Arena as they should forever um, because you can never, you cannot tell the story of the Vancouver Canucks without talking about Roberto Luongo. Um, you know, Alex Burrow said today when I was listening to his interview, 
uh, a true competitor, always wanted to get better at his game, um, and a warrior. Um, and that's exactly what he was. And <coughs> he was a savior. And quite frankly put, uh, Roberto Luongo deserves to have his number one in the Raptors, and it's going to happen um, this year. And I think it's just a matter of time. He's a Hall of Famer, and you know how this organization works. When you get into the Hall of Fame, all that Pavel Bure, your number is going to get put in the Raptors. So that is that. That is today's episode of Locked on Canucks. I want to thank you for making Locked on Canucks your first listen of the day. For your next listen of the day, tune in to the guys at Locked on NHL. They cover the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from the local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast services. Guys, take care, stay safe, and we will talk to you tomorrow.